the project. Kuwait. Learn. Well, our segment this time, it was really amazing. We talked about, no, but the most important is we talked about parenting and how they should not create narcissistic children and some tips that they can do to really help their kids become better citizens, building empathy and also trying to help them monitor their needs. But we also talked a lot about, well, narcissism. I talked a little bit about OCD for those people that need to understand how OCD can affect their life. Yeah, you hit on OCD pretty well. And I think when you, it's about narcissistic people and what we're starting to see in society where women are becoming more narcissistic. Plus you categorize both because there are two different types of narcissism. Wow, I learned really well. Especially from you. Yeah, you're a good teacher. Anyways, (laughs) we got into that. We talked about OCD. I think you broke down OCD pretty well. You didn't give it its full due credit, but you did talk about it a lot. And the side stories that we (laughs) talked about. Mandy ripping his shorts. Yes, you can hear all about my story of how I ripped my shorts Uh, and what happened (laughs) in the middle of a lift. And if I continued or not. (laughs) That's right. And what not to say to a kid who goes in the bathroom who's 14. Just leave him alone. (laughs) (laughs) Two hours or not. (laughs) All this and more in today's episode. Dr. D, what's up? Hey, what's up? How's your week? I feel like it's packed. And I don't know where I go. Do you know, sometimes now I've realized when I sit in the car, I have to think about what day it is and where I should be. That's not like, good. Is that, is that normal? That's, no, that's not normal. Can I be your shrink for a minute? You could be my shrink. Can I be your shrink? All right. I wish I went. I really wish I became a psychologist. I don't know why you didn't. You would have probably been good. But you said, I mean, it's a lot of work. You said you're not empathetic enough. I'm I'm not. I'm really not. I I tell people to suck it up. Yeah, I know you. I just told you a story and I'm like, this person is like, you know, struggling. And I'm like, I'm telling you that she was like crying and you're like, oh, just tell her to suck it up. Seriously? She's having a meltdown? (laughs) No, I mean, well, yeah, I didn't know the context, but whatever. (laughs) I mean, but when you said, when I heard the little kid thing and I was literally in the middle of my living room, I know. (laughs) I mean, my apartment's not big, but I was out there and I just heard four-year-old that strikes a chord. And I think that's because I'm a parent. You know what I mean? Yes. But so Dr. D, have you been feeling any times, have you been feeling anxious at times during the week? I think I'm feeling more and more anxious. Do you feel overwhelmed? <laughs> I feel overwhelmed. You need a damn vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I do need a damn vacation, except we don't have any vacation now until Christmas. I don't get it. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. I was asking my students, do we have any break coming up? Do we have any break coming up? <laughs> and then one kid said, yes, I think we have one prophet's birthday or whatever. Yeah. And he's like in November. I said, November? <laughs> I'm talking about this one. But why don't you take... It's I... hard for me. I teach until Thursday. All right. Well, Thursday, just take off. Hello, I got two kids. Take the kids with you. That's expensive. And for two days, that's not rest. What about going to like, because I want to do this. Hey, is always like, let's save money. Let's save money. I'm like, dude, no, I need my mental break sometimes. I wanted to go to Atlantis for two days. Oh, that's good. Right? You yeah. leave Kuwait. It costs you about with, well, with two people. It's like 200 KD. Right. Okay. Right. Let's, let's be logical 200 here. KD. 200 KD plus the hotel is around 140 KD. If you use your MasterCard, you get 25% off. Remember that. <laughs> for any MasterCard? Particular uh, I bank. Think not a Kuwaiti MasterCard. Oh, it has to be American. a US or something. I oh. use my American. But when you add up how much you spend during the weekend in Kuwait, it's not that much because yeah. everything you do with kids, especially, costs money. That's very true. And that's one thing I miss in the U.S., to be honest. Yeah, the free it's stuff. It's just like the free stuff are also the ability of just going to the park where they can play and the weather is nicer, you know, or if you have like YMCA or a park district, they're cheaper stuff. 
So I feel like I was just telling my friend that yesterday. I was like, you know, a lot of times I miss that because here to take them out, it is true. The food is very expensive. Then you take them out to avenues or anywhere where they want to play. It's money. So you're right. I think so. But to me, it's not even the money issue. It's just like it's packing, taking two kids with you. Even though the Atlantis is nice, I did it once when my son was younger. That's it. All you need is is your bathing suit. suit. It's amazing. And they have really nice restaurants. They've got that aquarium in there. One time, Larson and I, we went and it was really, really relaxing, actually. So it was nice. But I don't know. I want a vacation on my own, man. So ditch the kids. I, I should. I've been trying to I ditch. feel guilty. Is this like mother guilt? No, it's a parent guilt. Like it? me and Haya, we had our first night. My mom watched DJ when he was two mm. for one night. It was our anniversary. Uh. And then he was two and now he's five. And this summer, well, I didn't let my sister watch him, which I was really thankful that she did watch him. She's the only one I really trusted, <laughs> you know, watching him. And he was like, I'll spend the night at Auntie Melissa's house. So he was accepting. I was like, all right, great. So me and Haya took one night and I was messaging my sister every five or 10 minutes. See? And she said, she sent, she had DJ send me a voice note saying, daddy, I'm fine. Leave me alone. <laughs> and <laughs> I was job. like, all right, fine. No, but then what's the sense of me taking off and going spending money, even if it's cheap money for two days when I'm going to be texting them all the time and asking, and which I will do, even though my kids are, of course, much older than yours, but still. I think it's the problem is with me. I mean, that's what my sister says. She's like, you know, in the U.S., when I leave them and I call, I'm like, are they okay? Are they bothering you? And, you know, finally she said, you know, I think the problem is with you, Julia. It's not really with them. Yeah. They're fine when you're not here and they act very different Ooh, when you're not little here. little attack disorder yeah, going on there, I Dr. I feel like Dave. attachment disorder. I'm a good <laughs> trick, dude. Who needs a psychology degree? Who do- <gasps> you just have to be smart like I me. I can't believe you have to be smart. <laughs> You you remind me of a lot of these people that wonder like, you know, what are you doing? You're just sitting while listening to people's problems. You know, there's a lot more detail that there goes is. on in our job. They're deaf. I can't stand two type of people. People that think, well, you know, you have an easy job. You just sit and listen to people's problems. I could do that. That's one. And then the other one is like, you know, the idea is that, well, it's not that big of a deal. Most of these people shouldn't be coming to you unless they're crazy. Like still that stigma of like, do you still see crazy people? So if they're crazy people, you should see them. And other than that, other people, they think they're spoiled. People are so amazing how people are unempathetic and they don't really understand the feelings that goes into people that are like depressed, for example. We really do minimize a lot of things. And that's probably the reason why some people end up committing suicide. Yeah. Some people end up isolating. Suicide rates are up. Actually, they are up. What, is it because of the loneliness? Like, because a lot of people... They're saying right now it's turning into an epidemic of people just being glued to their phones, being on social mm-hmm. social networks versus having friend networks. And do you think there's a big correlation between the both? Or You know what I think? I think the reason they're on an uprise, probably because most of the people are becoming loners and because of the social media is allowing you to become, you compare yourself. So most of the time you're unhappy. I was reading some paper the other day because I'm doing a paper on social media, but they were saying that the idea is that a lot of these social medias were created for us to connect. So that way we will not feel lonely, but it seems like it has backfired and it's causing people to be more lonely. So if you're more lonely, that means that you're probably putting yourself more at risk of being depressed and not talking about it. And therefore, and then also don't forget that my students the other day were saying that there are 
there are YouTubes you can go on that teaches you how to commit suicide. They teach you how to, to get rid of your, how to cut. Yeah, there's, there's, that's what about the YouTuber? There was a YouTuber. I think he walked in on someone in some forest committing suicide and turned into this whole big thing. And I think because he didn't stop him or he said something in the middle of the video, I really can't remember the story. Can you imagine we're taking videos when someone else is committing suicide? It's messed up. Think of Twitter, like with guys getting their heads chopped off and all that stuff. I don't want to see that shit. And But imagine if you're 14, 15, right? Yeah. And it's uprise more for the adolescents because the idea is, is that if you are watching these things, it's glorified more than it's literally understanding. But do you know what I think the problem is? Is I don't really think empathy is being taught at school. Their empathy is not being taught. You get a lot more kids are narcissists. Yeah. I can, and actually now we, we have a generation. I was teaching on narcissism the other day and I, I was telling them that it's a man's disorder or at least it was known to be a Hello, man's Dad. disorder. I don't think, <laughs> but I feel like more and more of this generation are becoming narcissists and therefore we're not teaching them empathy because empathy is not genetic. We have to teach it to them. So you have to do little things to be able to help your kid learn empathy. But if the parents like, you know, dad is narcissist, you're going to learn to be narcissist from him, right? Or mom. And nowadays you're seeing it in women also. And so it's scary to me how my kids are not empathetic. So when someone you comes to you, you... see you in women a lot though. I mean, you, I, I... I think you're seeing it more and more. I think, I think now... Well, like, we have look, enough disorder. Yeah, Don't give us when, I, when, I look, when I look at social media, right? And I see women on social media now, it's like there's this level of being full of themselves now. And it goes to men too. It's scary what's going to happen in 10 years. Well, that you know, narcissists, narcissists need a platform, right? So now we've just, we, op- <laughs> and we give it to them on social media, yeah. how many likes they're getting. So the idea is that the more likes, the more they're full of themselves. And the other day I was saying that a lot of times people misunderstand what social media is about. I mean, narcissism, because they all think that narcissists are overconfident, but they actually have a fragile ego. And this is a front to cover up the idea that they're not really as confident. They're worried about their ego being shattered. So they put this front and they're charismatic. A lot of women, they're good looking sometimes and they speak so highly. So it makes you attracted to them. And so that's what they want, right? Because, and then I'm trying not to laugh because I know someone <laughs> that me, I know so many people like that. I know, right? Like, well, 60% of the population here, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's right. me, me and Hey were talking about someone mutually that me and her know. She, he, whoever it is is just completely narcissistic and full of themselves. And they need an audience. They almost, it's almost like they always need an audience around yeah, them of course. to build up their ego more and more of and course. more. And you know, they she, always want to be the center of attention. Yeah. But I mean, what about when they're starting to like fake things? You know, like if you heard the term, no, but even it, when they fake it? people believe it seriously, I mean, a narcissist, you'll know in a part, they're always the one grabbing attention. They'll make the most jokes. They'll start talking about things. And you could see that they're fabricating a lot of the stuff. They exaggerate a lot of their stories. Yeah. And they're dramatic when they're talking about their stories because they want to get someone's attention. So as soon as you give the attention, they're liking it and they increase and increase. And, and oftentimes they have one thing in mind is that who's going to give me more attention? Who's going to take care of me? Who's going to love me? It's always me, me. And the idea is, is that as long as you put them on a pedestal and in a relationship, they're terrible because they take, take, take. And as soon as you realize, I don't want to give anymore, I'm tired, I'm depleted, they already have moved on. They have the highest risk of uh, cheating, right? Because they're constantly building, it, yeah. up, building up a plan B I in case that. you leave them. And most of the time they'll be left because they're tired 
if the other person is tired of having to give, give, give. We'll go back to the narcissism, <laughs> yeah. but I have to tell you this story. I uh. have to tell it on there. I'm dying to tell this story. So <laughs> yeah. I'm at the gym today and I'm doing a front squat uh-huh. with heavyweight, right? It's a clean into a front squat, into a squat, into a jerk, a whole complicated move. So I go down. <laughs> I only to, do squats. So I don't know anything else. I'm wearing a bathing suit. All right. Bathing suit shorts, right? Really? Yeah. Bathing suit wow, shorts. Well, I want to go to this. No, I like, go no to this they're club. regular shorts. Oh, they're regular say. shorts. They're like, <laughs> they were under armor, you know, like normal shorts that yeah. you can go swimming in. But there's no shirt. No, no. I was wearing a shirt. Oh, you have to yeah, wear a shirt. Yeah, I was, I was wearing a shirt. But here's what happened. <laughs> now, I've been getting bigger. More uh, muscular. Whoa. So when I did, went into my squat, yeah, yeah, my shorts ripped. <laughs> Completely ripped from behind. <gasps> with, a guy, with a guy sitting behind me. Oh my God, man. So that was on the first squat. <laughs> and I come up and this is like the most weight I've done before and a complex before. So, so I had another squat to do. I'm like, whatever. So I completed my second squat and the shorts just ripped all the way to the front. No one took a picture of this? No, thank God. I could have blackmailed you There was a class going on in front of me, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I do the split jerk, and then I, like, I kind of walk over. And I have it on video. I posted it on Instagram today, and I'm laughing about it. I look at the guy. just give him one of those looks like we had a, we had a moment, didn't we? And he's kind of got this, like, embarrassed laugh. So I had to go into my bag. Luckily, I had another pair of shorts. Oh, my God. I took my other T-shirt. And I put it behind <laughs> my shorts to cover up. Obviously. Because I was in a bathing suit. There were no underwear. <laughs> there was nothing. Like, this was just, that was like. Well, maybe next time you buy something bigger. <laughs> I, know. I mean, they say, they tell us, we women, we buy stuff that are tight. I mean, look it at It wasn't this. tight. But obviously it was tight. Look, just because my quads are getting bigger, you know. Oh, or, yeah. Blame it on the quads. I know, right? And it's like. Now, if a woman said that, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know? No, no. When Haya says my quads are getting bigger, I'm like, good. At least you win another medal, you know? <laughs> now, if Haya, if this would have happened to Haya, I wonder what would have happened. I don't know. Some people would have ran out of the gym. <laughs> I went in, changed, and continued my work. <laughs> so when I walked back in after my workout, I'm looking around. I'm like, shoot, these people probably thought, like, I. They all saw your ass. That, besides seeing my ass, it was probably like, they probably thought I had an accident or something <laughs> went to change my clothes. But, you know, I mean, this teaches you, like, flexibility. And, you know, even though you work out and, and the idea is that these things can happen to anyone. And yeah. I think that's what's so important is, like, but, you know, I'm sure that if it would happen for a woman, I wonder if she would have just left because we would feel, feel so guilty, so embarrassed. embarrassed. I, I would have felt embarrassed and probably not continued because I would probably ruin my whole day. But, but maybe, that, maybe not. Wouldn't that depend on the person? I mean, for me, I mean, you if you know, have flexibility, I'm like, yeah, what the you, hell? you know me well. I don't yeah. give a shit. Like, I, <laughs> I don't, you don't care. give a shit. Sometimes you don't give a shit about a lot of things. Man. I really I'm don't. Worried about you. I really don't. We should do a session with you. But just I don't now. care about image anymore. Like, it's just you're anymore. No, you know, like, when you were my student, you didn't care about image. No, I did. Come on. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah I did. I tried to be the buff dude on campus. <laughs> me and Sahail doing stupid shit. Like, I tried to uphold that jock image. Yeah. But, you know, the older I'm getting, the less I give a crap because people don't give a crap. The older you get, the less attention people are paying to you. I think, and, the old, I think you're right. I think the older we get, the more we. I mean, I don't care either. So even, though you think, even though you think I'm dressed up, but ideas is that to me, I just do whatever. I was and being nice. No, I think, no, I mean, of course you would be nice. But I mean, it's not like you're right. And I think we're, the older we get, the more we don't care about what people think. And I think more and more people should be like that because it makes you, I mean, 
you know, like my kids are like, oh, you know, in America, we could, you could wear whatever you want, mom. You don't have to worry about this. And I, and I was thinking to myself, no, I'm, I'm going to start wearing what I want, obviously within, you know, limits. But the idea is, is that more and more people should not care about what others say about them. And then, you know, for your situations, like it's an accident. Anybody could have had Look, it. If I didn't have another pair of shorts in my bag, what would you have done? I probably would have continued working out and not giving a shit. Yeah. No. I would have. I, no. no you would have put a sheer a t-shirt, right? Yeah. I would have kept the t-shirt on the back, obviously, so people aren't looking at my behind, you know? But <laughs> in general, like. I just can't, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, I know. I felt so bad for this guy. And he's competing against me in the, the Battle of the East. No, every time he sees he you. sees me, he's gonna see my ass. It's like he's gonna look at my face. He'll just see my ass. It's like this image will not leave today. It was loud, like you could hear. He could hear the shorts rip, and it was. I have the picture. You got to check out my Instagram. Did you put a picture of your ass? No. No, no, I put a picture of my face like this, like just this stunned look. But in general, like I, oh yeah, accidents happen. Shit happens. You gotta pick yourself up and deal with it, you and know? I, and I think that's, I mean, that's a good topic also to, because just last Saturday, I put something on, on uh, my story talking about some, so something happened, teaching people flexibility. I really do believe that a lot of people don't have that flexibility and they, and this is probably makes them a lot of angry. For example, you know, I had my daughter, well, you know, my kids do skating on Saturday. So I dropped them off and then I had some interviews to do afterward. And and the idea is that she calls me, my daughter is supposed to have a class the same time as her brother, which is 3.30. She calls me and she's like, well, I don't know what's wrong with my coach. My coach says that my appointment is at 4.30. Here I am. My appointment is 3.30, but she decided to push it back because she has to take somebody else and on and on complaining, mom, you know, this is not fair. And she told me, you have to call her and tell her that this is not fair. I said, no, I'm not going to call her. You need to understand that we have to be flexible. You know, these coaches work very hard and they probably have a lot of appointment. And yes, she shouldn't have overbooked. Yes, she shouldn't have taken somebody else since you're already there. But the idea is, is that don't exaggerate the situation. And I understand how you're feeling. So the reason I put it is because I know some parents, or even me, the old me, I probably would have overreacted, picked up the phone and called the coach and screamed. And a lot of times this happens in this part of the world. Somehow we become very, very, personalized, we become very sensitive when it comes to our kids. So as soon as you hear that some sort of a discrimination or uh, yeah. that happened to our kids, we feel that it's our job to be able to defend them. And on some situations we might, but in my experience here is like when teachers, they say something to their kid and the kid goes to the house and then tells their parents, well, she said this to me. She said that and instead of the parents sending an email to the teacher trying to understand the situation because it's a perception anyways, and he's a kid, same thing as my daughter. It's her perception. Maybe it was at 4.30 and changed. I didn't know it, but not to overreact to make it sure that we're feeling, they have to understand. So I know I've seen it at schools here where the parent overreacts, goes to the school, makes a big deal about the teacher. How dare you saying this to my kid? And instead of really teaching our kid the other way around, is like, well, let me investigate. Let me send an email. Let me understand what happened before I over exaggerate the situation and feed in to the anxiety. So if I would have fed in the anxiety to my daughter and say, yeah, you're right. She shouldn't have done this and fueled the conversation, you know, then I wouldn't have taught my daughter to understand that these things happen in life and that we have to learn to be flexible. And you're there anyways. You're not going anywhere. 
it would have been a different story if I had to pick you up at 4.30 and you're going to miss your... So I put the story in and a lot of people are like, you're right. This is very important. Parents need to understand there are limits to when I'm going to defend my child. I mean, I defend my child when it comes to bullying. If my daughter comes or my son and says, look, you know, these kids are picking on me and I don't feel like the teacher is doing anything. I teach them the steps. First, you got to tell the teacher for, and then you go and tell the principal if nothing happened, then I interfere. The parents should not be the first one to interfere when they could resolve their own situation. I think what happens a lot of times, parents don't really teach their kids how to solve the problem and they're doing the work for them. So when they get older and when they really need to use some tools of problem solving, they don't have it. I'm not telling you what I tell my kid about bullying. Well, I, no, I you tell, tell DJ, him to hit back. No, no, no. I tell DJ, if someone bullies you, bully them back. No, but they got to report if it first. You, you hit them back. But no. you don't want to be a tattletale, Dr. D. Yeah, you do. You no, need you to, don't. Because that kid might be doing it someone else. You need to but report it first. if you bully a bully, right? If, well, I mean, you bully back. But the idea is that someone's got to, an adult has to interfere. Well, let me give you a story. I was about 12, maybe 10. I was in school early. The two bullies were there. Uh-huh. And it was just after a football match and their team had won. My team had lost. And they were obviously bullying me around because they knew I was a Katawi fan. They were Adelby fan, whatever. And they were like, oh, say Adelby's ass. And I was like, no. And literally, I had these two guys pumbling me, like beating the crap out of me. And I did what I could to defend myself. They were older. They were much older. Like they'd mm-hmm. failed like three years. So <laughs> these kids were like teenagers in, you know, grade school, basically. But. After that, and after I fought back and everything, one, I was more respected amongst my peers. Two, these guys never bullied me again. In fact, the next year, they were friends with me. They befriended me, Mm. you know? And I think it goes a long way when you do that, my opinion, my personal opinion growing up as a guy, that a lot of the time that affiliation, you lose it if you go and you rat on the people you're with, because then you're known as a rat. And the worst thing is to be the tattletale rat because then they'll say, all right, we'll catch you outside of school and we're going to kick your ass. So I think there's, there's a di- two different. I mean, two- I think there's a difference here. You've got, you have your, have DJ who's five. And yes, you do tell him to fight back, but sometimes Stand like up when for himself. he could, but then sometimes you've got two, three kids that are like bigger and stronger. You're putting DJ at a harm actually. Ooh, because, snap, no. No, because the thing is, is that to tell him to defend himself with four, three kids that are going to gang up on him. That's beside the point. Yeah, but now, when, he needs- I don't, when he hits teenage years, that's when I have the talk with him. Look, if you're in a situation and it's a dangerous one, you back down and you leave. Like if you're not in your back neighborhood, this is what I went by. If I was out of town or in a different country, I never got into a fight. No matter what the situation yeah, is, I always walked away. Because right. it's, it's not your territory. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You don't know what's going to happen. No, that's true. But I'm saying that if it happened in school, then you need to be, bring an adult awareness. So that way tomorrow... When DJ defends himself and then he gets suspended, then he's got something on paper that says, look, I reported it to my teacher. I told somebody, I told an adult and the adult didn't do anything. Then the idea is, is that you need to be able to defend your kid. And now let's say DJ didn't say it, but if you have a good relationship with your child, which you do, and I do, I know that they'll come and tell me, mom, this person has been, and I think my son might not say a couple of times, even though my son is like huge. I tell him, how could anyone bully you? <laughs> My God. And, but the thing is, is that because of his size, he does get bullied. And, and I tell him, you need to come and let me know what's happening. And then I will. 
But I totally against the idea of like parents trying to interfere all the time when they're not really teaching. So when my son comes and says, I've been bullied, mom, and these are things, I also say, teach him some tools of taking care of it. Now, after that, if it doesn't work, then I, of course, I will interfere and I will have a meeting with the teacher or the parent of that, even though he's a ninth grader. But I feel like in this part of the world, I'm so sick and tired of having these parents before anything. I'm a professor at university. Why, you know, just like two weeks ago, last semester, I had a mom waiting for me. Are you serious? And the that's a university? This is a university. Oh my God. 18-year-old. I have a mom waiting oh, for me. Why? Horrible. Because I told her son, I'm not going to accept your paper. Seriously? Well, and she came to defend the reason that he had a doctor's appointment. I said, a doctor's appointment shouldn't be made when he has classes. Second, second of all, he's an adult. I cannot talk to you about it. Yeah. Third, coming because he has complained about me. <laughs> never I mean, where see, are we in high school? You never see parents at colleges in the States. I never I mean, here parents there. do it everywhere. Why is it? Do you think I it's wanna... a lack? Do you think there's a lack because they're no, such they're control shitty parents? Freak. But they're... do you think it's control freaks because they're shitty parents? They, I mean, no, because on. here the image matters. So they don't, first of all, she does it for two reasons. Okay, At least this mom. One reason is because when I said I can't accept your paper, he started talking back to me and I said that your behavior is inappropriate and you should not be talking to adults like that. I hope you've learned that. I think one, one she wanted to prove to me that he's been raised in the best way possible because you know in this country yeah, image yeah, matters yep, so sure. here she didn't want me to have any conclusion about this family not being proper and then the other side is like she wanted to defend her kid so i could accept his homework hello i'm not a high school teacher i don't even in high school they shouldn't be accepting that and so i feel that a lot of times instead of her saying to his third 18 year old who's not a kid anymore you should go back have a meeting with her apologize for your behavior and then see what we can do about taking, accepting the homework maybe late. Well, if it's a paper, look, if it's homework and it's a paper. And it's like 15 and you points, knew, you really need you to do knew, this? You knew you had a doctor's appointment. You write it and email it in the day before. No, I don't accept Why it. Why don't you accept emails? I don't that accept. That is just mean. No. What if someone, what if someone was me. violently what? ill? What if someone was legitimately ill? Like, That's a different story. Were, you have a doctor's appointment? Like you didn't know a month ago you had a okay, doctor's appointment? All right. Say they had a doctor's appointment for... Like an important thing. Let's just say, hypothetically, okay. What, Students, a terminal I'm illness? I understand. Students, I'm definitely defending <laughs> you guys know. right now. Look, I'm trying this to change an, the psychologist's <laughs> mind right now. Listen, this is an agreement. Hello. No, an agreement. I don't have doctor's appointment when I have a class. Knock five points off. What if they can't? What if nah. something happens? See, I would now, email it now in. Now I, I would, want to teach I you would a at trick. Least, I would at least email <laughs> it in and say, look. I know I wasn't in class, but I still emailed it to you because I had finished the assignment the uh, day really? before. If they email it in early, no. like the night before, why in would my you syllabus, that? it says nothing is accepted late because 30 other students. Well, how's it late if they send it in early the day no. before? The, you have to be in class to turn it in because we discuss it anyways. But the idea is that why should 32? You still do the discussion thing? Yes. Why should 32 <laughs> or 34 students come and you've decided to have a, a doctor's appointment in my time? What if it's legit? Now, what if it's legit? Let's, let me tell you, there are tools how to deal with your professor. If it's legit and it happened, you come back the next day that you see that professor, have a meeting in the office. You don't discuss this with me in front of 34 students. That, yeah, saying, I agree with that. First of all, professors, they don't like to feel you're attacking them in front of all the students because, you know, obviously we have a status and authority. So what if that situation happened and I waited till after class, our next class, and I came up to you then and I said, Then we discuss it. I said, and I probably will D, accept it and give you five points. Because you're cool. 
I, I, yes, you I would. would. Give 10 and points. I have. You'd done. only knock off five points. I knock off five points. So why didn't you do that for me on one of my papers? <laughs> you did not. I gave accept. you a zero. You did. You gave me a zero. Because your, your excuse wasn't appreciated. I know, but do you still have that deal where you knock off like what is it? You submit ten and you're allowed three misses. You used to do that deal, right? No, they still have extra credit, and they can no. They cannot now. They only have two or three homework. For example, that's fifteen points. You don't want to miss that. But you so used to, people, give, you used to give us a case still, study a week. I do, but it depends on what class we're talking about. It was abnormal. Level. Abnormal yeah. was a case study a week. No, I, case studies are still there, but the idea is, is that it's the tactic. See, but then we go back to that they learned the tactic of how to deal with professors. Bringing your parent doesn't really make any sense to me, and actually is not going to make me empathize with you. It's going to make me look like you're a baby. You're not mature to be in, a, in college. There are certain things you don't do and you do. I mean, if my kid is in high school and I say, look, I'm not interfering. I ask my kid, do you want me to interfere? What would you like me to do? And then he usually says, mom, don't do anything yet. I have it. I'm going to deal with it. But if I have any issues, I'll come and tell you. Boom, bam, we're done. Your son's a smart boy, though. Like, yeah. you don't have to worry about it. He's a smart kid, mashallah. He is. And he knows. These tactics we talk about at home, I teach him these things. And it has nothing to do with he has a shrink for a mom. I mean, you know, it has that nothing to do kid. with that. Because I'm still kid. a mom. I, know, four, I Actually, so I'm damaged him more. I feel so bad for him. <laughs> but I'm a, you know, the thing is, it's it's like just every because time I'm he a says shrink. something, she's psychoanalyzing <laughs> me. What am I to do right now? Sure, obviously, it's intimidating to have a mom like me. But the <laughs> idea is, is that I try to explain to him that I'm human also. Like, I'm going to make mistakes. I do. Yeah. I do scream at him. Like, I just screamed at him because he takes such a long time in the bathroom. Why do I want to know? Why do 14 year olds take such a long time in the bathroom? You don't want to know the answer to that. You do not want to know the answer. Do it outside, man. We need the <laughs> damn bathroom. You don't want to know the answer. I mean, I feel sorry. At least the bathroom we need to use. He, He's got a sister that needs for, to use but it. But for him, like, for him, and look, like, it's a normal thing. Just so people know that it is a normal thing. <laughs> it's a normal thing to take other people's time. Go do it but, in your go do it in your room. But you're man. afraid someone's going to open the door, and then there, there's you know, like my my households, we usually have the rule: no locking the the yeah, bedroom no door. So yeah, so it's like, where else can you lock the <laughs> but door? But can you go to the bathroom two hours earlier, knowing that you got that? He's in the bathroom to do? two hours. I mean, for damn. There's for a lot God's on the internet sake, now. The <laughs> and he's not allowed to take his phone. But can you imagine if I let him take his phone? He's he's hiding like an iPad or something. <laughs> I guarantee you. I guarantee uh, you. He, pro to he probably bought like an iPad or like oh a my, spare phone or something that oh you don't my, know about. I don't want to know. But the idea is, is that. So, of course, I was screaming and I'm like, we've got things to do, man. <laughs> uh, we got to go. And your sister's like dying to go to the bathroom. And he's like, I'm, I'm almost done. Give me five minutes. That was a half an hour ago. How yeah. many more knocking can I do? At night, at least I can turn the lights off, but it's daylight, so I can't, it doesn't make any difference. So I was like, I'm a human. I scream. So is he. I yell. Yes, but so, he so needs to he. get with the program. That is, you know, so if you teach them these skills, when they go to college, then we don't gonna have to have a mom coming but, but to, to be, me. But to be fair to him, if he listens to the episode, he, was, <laughs> he might have been taking a shower. Whatever. Like my no, my, wasn't. my my, bro my brother used to go in the bathroom and he'd be in there for like an hour, two hours. His showers would last like three. And the joke was always like, maybe once he goes in there. That was the thing. That's what I think. I think OCD is also. I mean, if anyone knows what OCD means, the obsessive compulsive disorder. The idea is, is that those people really need to take a long shower because they have rituals, right? So they got to do the arm two three times, uh, the leg two three times, and then after that, they still if they have the obsession in their mind, it means that they've not cleaned, not cleaned, then they have to go redo it again. These people really need medication. But so if it's not OCD and it's not like, you know, something that 
a ritual, which causing them not to be able to be done. I don't know what the hell are you doing in the bathroom? <laughs> I mean, at least I'm privileged to have a bigger house and have a couple of bathrooms. I just want to know what do people do that have to have to share a bathroom? I just want to know. Well, it sucks. <laughs> Seriously? People that yeah. have to share a bathroom? I can't imagine. I mean, when I was young, we had to share a bathroom too. because my parents didn't have that much money. I don't remember being in the bathroom that long. I mean, now I'm in the bathroom long. A, because I paid the rent. <laughs> B, because this is the only time I have quietness. I yeah, have true. peace of mind yep. in my bathroom. The it's like such a ritual most, for sh- me. Showers are the most relaxing experience Oh my God, nowadays. I can do a lot of no my phone, thing. No nothing. Nothing. It's just like, I get in the shower and I turn it on friggin', I blast it hot. <laughs> Actually, they say you have to do a cold shower I don't now. do the cold shower. I don't do the, I don't do the whole Wim Hof thing and the sh- the cold shower and the cold plunges. And what it the hell is this thing? It doesn't about, work. With you got to do your feet first before you do your head? I don't know. <laughs> I don't honestly like cold has never served my body. I right? don't do it either. But, it doesn't work for me. But actually my friends that do it and they're like, this is the best thing you can do for yourself in the morning. Everyone says that too. It did shit for me. <laughs> it honestly, like a cold shower. It made me all freeze. It did, all it did for me, it just Gave made me, me freeze. <laughs> it didn't make me feel better afterwards. Yes, I felt alert afterwards because dumping cold water on your head, of course you're going to feel alert. Yeah, like it's common sense. Obviously. And then it circulates the blood. Yeah. It's true. But heat, when I use heat, heat has always, you know, I play baseball a lot. So I used to use ice packs on my arm. Coaches uh-huh. would say ice, 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 ice. And then one coach was like, ice and heat, ice and heat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I've heard. Ice and this heat. was, I mean, we're talking 90s here and it's evolved since. So then when I used heat, I was like, oh my God. The pain's gone. My arms relaxed. It feels like rubber. I feel great. And it was awesome that day, the next day. And so now I go to heat versus cold just because it works with my body personally. But my kid is not doing no heat, no water. (laughs) And then he said to me, the other day he's like, mom, you take a long time in the bathroom. I pay for the rent. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I pay for the rent. It is my bathroom. And it's the only time I don't have to deal with you and your sister. It's my solitude. Please. <laughs> and then he's like, well, you stay in the bathroom for a long time. Why is it that I can't? When you pay the rent, then you can, <laughs> then then you can do whatever you, can you want. All you want. Have a jacuzzi. You know, and I said, I tell him. That's not a bad idea. You know, when I'm old, right? And if I have to live with you, I hope not. I hope I have enough retirement <laughs> not to do that. But please, then you can control my bathroom time. Right now, I'm controlling your bathroom time. And he's like, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, can you imagine like if I send him? to relatives in the summertime. He always wants to go stay with my sister or his aunts and uncles on the other side. Okay, I understand. They're not going to be able to accept the idea that you're staying in the bathroom. It is my job to teach you proper timing. So going back to OCD though, so we could keep this more psychology based. (laughs) It is psychology. I'm teaching parents not to interfere. Teach them the tools, let them go out there and use it. And when they can't use it, they'll come back for a reference. You are the reference. Please parents, don't come to the university and tie to complain to me about your kid. And because I've done something, it's a no, no. I see a parent on the or couch. Or the workplace. Believe or the it workplace. Or, believe Are it or you not. serious? Dude, no. I've, had, I've had parents, I've had fathers come with their children no. to work to ask about their promotions. Are you I, serious? I work in performance management. So I've literally What do you had, have, 13-year-old working for you? Well, I mean, come they have on. the mentality. Now, do, can you imagine? He's 35, I'm there. I genuinely felt bad for the kid because I was like, wow, man, your parents have sheltered you so much. You can't deal with shit in your life. 
He's not going to deal anything. I, I felt bad for him. I genuinely, I felt empathetic for him. Like I felt bad because he was in that situation that what if your father dies? Then what are you going to do? I have no idea. Like you're Do you screwed. know what? I am, I see so many patients like that where their parents have, or the parents themselves that I see, where they have done everything for their kid. They haven't taught them finances. They haven't taught them any tools to survive. Why are parents so selfish? It is my job to prepare my child so when I die, that he would be a good citizen of the world and can manage his time. What is wrong with die. parents? Why can't it be when they were 18 to get the hell out of the house? With, and, uh, even if it's 18. Yeah. You know, this was surprised me. Here, parents, they pamper their kids. They don't teach them any tools to survive. They don't have any strategies to deal with professors like myself or to deal with teachers. And then what do we do in this part of the world? We send them to America to study. Are you serious? Party happening you know? over there. And then what happens? They can't even succeed one semester, one year. Happened to they me. They come back and then the kid feels like he's a failure. He feels ashamed. He yep. feels all these different feelings about himself. But really the problem is who? Their parents never prepared them. They never talked about drugs, never talked about alcohol. We've never really had them do anything independent. And then suddenly we send them all the way to America to study. And then you're surprised that he's come back. The idea is that when you come back, if there's a, a misfortune that happened in your family, you know, some sort of a crisis, your parent got diagnosed with some terminal illness, I understand. But a lot of these kids that I see come back. I mean, this semester, I have like four or five have come back from the U.S. And now, doesn't that breed narcissism too? If you highlight your child, like they're the center of attention. Yeah, center, that's a problem. Then they become narcissistic right, I mean, too. They're narciss- I'm trying to tie exactly. it back into what you were talking that's about That's true. Narcissists, are, the grandiose to- narcissists are exactly like that. The grandiose is because their parents have constantly, because there's two types, grandiose and vulnerable. They I grand- totally forgot about the two yeah, types. Yeah, so the I grandiose always, are the ones that have one, these yeah. type of parents where they act like their kids are perfect. They're constantly giving them feedback that is not true. And they never, and they're the parents that go and fight with the teacher. They don't want to put any responsibility on their child's behavior. And yeah. they blame the teacher. They blame the boss. They blame the professor. They're constantly looking for external blame instead of the internal blame. So this kid is full of himself. He's full of shit. Then he goes to the U.S. And then in the U.S. I get doctors who swear. (laughs) Yeah, really. Sometimes I swear. and Mandy likes it. So the idea is, is that then he's like, he comes back. He's shattered, but he's still narcissist. He comes back and he's like, no, because they didn't have the classes I want. Because this teacher didn't like me, this professor. You know, from the beginning, I felt like it's all self-serving bias. And it doesn't have to be an only child, too. And I want to, I want to no be clear way. about that because some no. people think, oh, if you have only one child, no. they're going to grow up narcissistic or they're going to be true. full of themselves. Because no. I get that a lot about DJ. Uh, and I get it a lot because people, you know, people in this DJ's part of the world. DJ's not narcissist. He's so empathic. The idea is that if you don't want to have a narcissistic child, regardless if it's one or ten, yeah. teach them empathy. Because narcissists, the one thing they're lacking is empathy. They don't care about anyone else but themselves. I do. I honestly, I try to do a good job with my son at teaching him, look, buddy, if we see someone crying, we have to figure out why they're crying, you know, feel it a little bit. Because I think that's helped me in life. That's helped me deal with a lot of situations, you know, and it's a big part of life. If you grow up being an asshole, then shit's going to happen. No one's going to help you. No, and I think we don't, we're not really, like I said, I mean, narcissists are like, you know, they are a personality disorder and it's diagnosable. And I know that it's part of your personality or trait, but it doesn't mean that we cannot help our kid from the beginning. If we notice that they've got narcissistic traits, it is our job to be able to help them. What are some of the traits in kids? 
So in kids, the idea is they don't have empathy. They don't feel for other kids, right? They're constantly very self-centered. Most of their relationship is all about who is giving them this idealized, you know, glorifying. So, I mean, narcissists, we, personality Sorry, disorders, I'm, we don't diagnose think, in children. I'm thinking of so many kids. <laughs> but we don't diagnose it in children because they're just teaching, you know, they're developing, right? So, I mean, narcissists, all these personality yeah, disorders, that, we wait till 18. Isn't that time for intervention, though? Like, wouldn't, is, that, wouldn't that be the perfect but time the thing to is, intervene? I mean, we can't diagnose. I didn't say You we can't can. diagnose. I'm, I'm not saying diagnose, could, but intervene like, a little if bit. I notice my kid, you know, I'm teaching Larson to be empathic. The other day, he's like, well, you know, a lot of people have like bleed me when I was growing up. I don't feel like I feel anything for other people. And I said, no, we need to feel for other people. So it's my job, for example, when you give to the poor or like in the U.S., that's one thing I miss having my kids. Like in the U.S., we, you can volunteer in like soup kitchens. Yeah, You can yeah. help them to difference. go to a shelter. So there's a lot of volunteer things that they can do that can teach them humbleness. And so here, it doesn't mean that we can't. We can teach them humbleness by always talking about people that don't have as much, always allowing them to be grateful and thankful. When you notice your kid is not empathic with his cousins or friends, teach them empathy when they come and they're constantly. So if you don't want to teach your kid to be narcissist, don't go defend them with the teacher and make the teacher look like she's wrong and your kid is right. See, this is step number one, where this is where you're developing narcissists, where you give an idea to your kid that, there is nothing they can do is wrong. And all the things that they is happening to them is more external and has something to do with other people. Now that's a no-no. You know, it's, it's one thing I always teach my kid. Now, especially when they're telling you a story and then I say to them, okay, what did you do wrong? Okay, I understand there's a problem with these teacher. I understand there is a conflict. Tell me what you have done wrong. So most parents need to ask their kid, what did you do wrong? Not attack him and say, always oh, your fault, but ask them to break it down. This is the thing you've done wrong. This is the thing she has done wrong. And now let's address what you've done wrong. And then I can have a meeting with the teacher, you and I, so you can apologize. And then let's see where we can move forward. See, parents, they don't do that. Automatically, we're very, very insulted as if like it's an insult on my parenting skills. Look, not everything is, has something to do with my parenting skills. These kids are going to explore. They're on social media. They're learning a lot of things and I can teach them. But my job is to be able to, when I see something and I see that my kid is killing cats and doesn't have any empathy to, to pets and says things, mean things about other people's nationality or, you know, we treat our nannies like they are something that doesn't exist and they're not part of the family. When you're doing all of these things, then better remember that you're embedding narcissism in your kid. And this kid, when the parents grow up, they're not going to take care of you. Let me tell you, they're not. They're so selfish that they're going to dump you somewhere think that they're going to give you some money to survive and that's it. Who takes care of their parents? Are the empathetic kids, the kids that really appreciate what you've done to them, that are always thankful, even when they're young, they're thankful, saying thank you all the time. You know, these are the kids. So if you don't want your kid to be narcissist, look, our society is in danger of embedding so much narcissist because we have so many likes, so many followers, you know, people have money, people are like, you know, flaunting. Do you, do you, does that ever bother you? Like when you post a video, honestly, honestly. Does it bother you the like? Yeah. Like, does it ever bother you when you're like, oh, I posted this and, you know, I'm not really getting that many likes or views because I fell into that I mean, that sometimes trap. It used to, I used to, no, not really. Yeah. I don't really think like, sometimes it bothers me if it's follows or not follow. Or the numbers. I'm not obsessed. The numbers, the numbers sometimes it bothers yeah, me. Like, I'm not really you, obsessed. I mean, being honest. Like, no, it's true. Yeah. And, it, and it, that's why I'm saying I, as an adult, and if I can recognize it, at least I can correct it. 
Now imagine a 14 year old that is obsessing over how many likes, you know, or like they come to their parents and say, oh, you know, I didn't get any likes or they, I mean, I've seen it where they like closed some, you know, they've, they've unfollowed some people because they didn't tell them, they didn't yeah. say I like where, I mean, this is like, so the parents need to be very understanding that if you are seeing these symptoms, please address it. Don't wait till your kid gets older. And then after 18, then it'll be too late to try to recognize or to change any of these habits, to be honest. Because some adults like you, mm. myself, we know better. If we start getting, it's like an addiction. Mm. If you start seeing a pattern grow, mm. step away from it. You know, that's, it's, it's just like with supplements. And I tell this to Hay all the time. Like if you're taking a supplement and you feel like you rely on a pre-workout mm. to go to the gym, you've created a habit and an addiction that you need to kind of force yourself back away from. Because if you go to the gym and you forget your pre-workout, some people, if they forget their pre-workout, they're not working out. Are you serious? Yeah, it's insane. It goes back to that flexibility. For I, used God's to, sake. I used to do that, though. I fell into that trap like, oh, shit, I forgot my creatine. Mm. I can't work out now. Now it's like, no, I rely on myself, rely on my ability, and that's what I'm going to do. And the same thing with Instagram. If I see I'm paying too much attention to the numbers, sometimes I, like, I go post crazy and I like to post. But if I see I'm really paying attention to like the numbers... I try and step back. You know what I think? I think as adults, I'm responsible for that. So if I'm obsessed over it, it's fine. But I don't, I mean, there are parents that are obsessed over who follows them and and they do it in front of their kids. So what are you teaching the kid? That likes are very important. So if I do it and I do it and I tell you about it, for example, or, you know, I tell hey or some of my friends, we're adults and it doesn't bother me, but I never, never mention likes. I never mention to my kid, how many people are following I'm me? I'm not to you. You never like my pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're always, he's a, you're always attacking me. You didn't like my now, picture. And you know why? I because honestly, I don't, even to be know honest, if, I don't even know if you like them or not. To I, be, really I don't no even clue. know who likes them. But, you know, sometimes I squirrel just to see things. And sometimes I forget to say I like. But the idea is that we as parents, it is our job to be able to mentor our kids, not to do the work for them and not to give them messages that this is all important. I mean, What's important is their character. What's important is their skills. What's important is their emotional intelligence, you know, being able to work through things socially, to be able to work with other people, the way they modulate their affect, the way they react to things. You know, that's what's important because ultimately, if they go to college away from home, then when they get married, this is why a lot of times people are like not successful in their marriage. They don't know how to modulate their affect. Their response to anger is very, very rigid. Uh, they don't are not flexible. And so ultimately they don't have patience. And as soon as someone bad thing happens, that's it. They block each other, go to your parents, you know, become so, but that's because I don't feel like these kids have really understood responsibility. If I don't teach responsibility now, make your bed, help in the kitchen. I have a nanny. They still have to make their bed. You know, the nanny, I tell my kid, the nanny works for me. I pay her salary. <laughs> you don't pay her salary. You do your bed. You collect your garbage. You know, all these things they got to do. Just because we are privileged to have this, it doesn't mean that I'm supposed to take advantage of it. It is my job. So these parents are walking around acting like, you know, no, 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 I don't want to put any responsibility. I want them to be kids. This is their time to be able to enjoy their childhood. I don't feel like that's accurate. It is. They can enjoy their, well, I mean, it's not black and white. They can enjoy their childhood, but they can also enjoy responsibility. And that's my message for these parents. And I think we ended on that note. So I think that the capit parents are responsible. If you're going to have kids. You hit a lot of good points this episode. Narcissism, narcissism, obsessive compulsive OCD, disorder. That's right. 
which we should do an OCD. I'd like to do. Okay. So stay tuned. I'll do one about them. But I think it's important to be I think honest. Dr. D's OCD. I have some OCD. I'm joking. Tennis. I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking. <laughs> it takes one to know one. <laughs> I know. Ooh, snap. Ooh. Look, I joke a lot. Sometimes, I know, I like some it. people don't get my humor and I'm like, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I mean, your humor sometimes. Really? But no, I don't think it's wrong to be OCD as long as you're able to manage it, as long as it's not. In- Remember, we say, when does something become abnormal? When they interrupt two part of you, when they're interrupting your work, and your family, your social. So the idea is, is that if I am OCD, I like organized, but if it's, I'm still getting to work and I, my friends are not complaining that I'm not coming because I'm checking the lights five times, then I'm fine. And you're fine. We're all fine. Everybody's fine. <laughs> Everybody's fine. On that note, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.